Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. Once again, I want to welcome you to Milestone Church. I want to look in the camera and welcome our Hazlitt campus, our McKinney campus. Those of you watching online, maybe those of you watching online later, here at Keller, would you join me in welcoming them? We're so glad you guys are with us. We are in week three of our Hearing God series, and you guys are doing an amazing job. So many thousands of you in like 600 groups you're coming to the weekend service, you're going through your guide, you're, you're meeting together in small groups and talking about it, and here's what I know, because I've been hearing from all of you, we spent the last couple weeks talking about how God speaks to us, the first and primary way God speaks to us is through his word, and I understand that's difficult, we live in a culture that's increasingly non-literate, if you don't know what that means, it means people don't read like they used to, in fact, I was listening this week to a discussion amongst elite university professors, and they're like, how much do you think we can give, in in your experience, how much can we give students in reading each week and expect them to actually read it? And you'd probably be surprised to find out that these professors at elite universities said, well, maybe about 10 pages a week is all they can read. But you guys are saying, that may be the culture, but that's not us. We're going to read the Bible, and when we read the Bible, we're going to understand it because we're not doing it out of duty or obligation. We're doing it because we believe God wants to speak to us, and he's speaking to so many of you. Last weekend, I had a bunch of people come up to me, and they're saying, Pastor Jed, I just actually did it, and I read my Bible for five minutes or ten minutes, and I heard God's voice. It's incredible. Five minutes, one word from God can change your life. And he's such a generous, loving God that whenever in your schedule you make time for him, he makes time for you. And he comes to meet you in his word. Doesn't matter if you've walked with God for 40 minutes or 40 years, he'll come and meet you in that place. Doesn't matter if you've ever had a Bible before, if you know the difference between the NIV or NASB, if you know that the New Testament's written in Greek and the Old Testament's in Hebrew, you don't got to know any of that stuff. All you have to know is, God, I'm here and I want to speak to you. So person after person after person is saying, this is happening for me. It can happen for you. I was thinking about all of you students. I was thinking about what happened to you this weekend in a moment is real. I was you 35 years ago. God changed my life. In a moment, at a camp, but the same God who'll meet you and speak to you at a camp, when you come home, if you make a space for him, even five minutes a day, he will come and meet you and speak to you and give you everything you need from heaven to live the life you're created to live. I think about, we heard about Crystal this week. Crystal's an overachiever. I just had to show you this. Look what she sent she sent this text. Last week, Pastor Jeff was talking about, if you didn't miss, if you didn't see the message last week, go back and watch it. He put the chair, I hope you remember that, in Hazlitt McKinney. He put his chair up here, and he's like, here's where I sit down, not as a pastor, but as a husband, and as a father, and as a friend, and as a son. I come and sit in this chair, and, and I meet with God, and he speaks to me. And, and, and Crystal said that visual helped her, because she said, I spent two hours yesterday reading the Bible. That's powerful. She's overachiever. That's a flex. 
you may not get two hours, it's okay, just get your five minutes in. But she said, I was reflecting on what I read and praying. She said, I created my place to read the Bible. I have a specific time of the day. I leave everything I need in that spot, and it's working. It's working for Crystal, it'll work for you. I see my hubby, Jeremy, reading his Bible more too. Guys, if we'll just do this, it's amazing how our lives will be different. Every single one of us. You think, well, I don't have enough time. Well, here's the thing. Five minutes a day is better than one hour, one time per week because it's the consistency and the faithfulness where God meets us. This week, we're going to move to to another way that God speaks to us, and that's through his Holy Spirit. If you have your Bible, turn with me to John 16. We're going to get there in just a minute. I'll read it for you. It's okay if you didn't bring your Bible. But on the way to John 16, I want us to look at John 14, our theme verse for this week. Jesus says this. Same night, same conversation, Jesus says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. What an incredible series of promises Jesus makes. And we're going to get into it in our time together. But I want to start by this description. Jesus in another spot said, it's actually to your advantage that I leave because the helper, the comforter will come to you. I I like that word advocate. You might be like, well, Jed, what does that mean? That's kind of a weird word. What do we use that for? Well, the Greek word is parakletos, and one of those ways that advocate, advocate's kind of a formal name for a defense attorney. Now, I don't know about you, but I like a courtroom drama. You like a courtroom drama? I I like it. I like a great lawyer who makes a great legal case. In my mind, I think I could be a lawyer, right? And sometimes that gets me in trouble early in my marriage. My wife and I were talking, and she would be saying something, and I would be right, and then... um, I would make my case, and I'd be making these grand sweeping arguments, and at one point I'd be like, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, she's like, who are you talking to? I was like, I'm finished my closing argument, hang on. She's like, I don't care if you're right, you're wrong. And I realized early in marriage, that's a much better solution. So I changed my strategy, but, but, but there's this, he's this defense attorney. I don't know if you've ever been slandered or you've ever had voices in your head lie to you or accuse you. You know, you look at me, you're like, does that ever happen to you? All the time, right? There are distinctives, things about us that we're uncertain or we're ashamed of or that we're embarrassed of, like, you know, I'm a ginger, never been tan in my life. The enemy will remind me, you can't even tan. You, and I'd be like, what are you talking about? You know, I, I had a pastor, my pastor one time told me, he said, you know, Jed, Adam means red and, and red clay, and, and Adam was created in the image of God, so God has red hair. I, was, I don't know if that's true, but I take that as comfort, because there aren't that many of us. But I will tell you, look at Milestone, ginger power is on the loose. Did you see Kim in Connections? Do you see Pastor Ty? We're not even related. We look related. We're not. We're brothers in Christ. I'm a little bit of an older brother. Anyways, um... Ginger power is on the loose. You're like, what? I don't know. Whatever that is for you, wherever you have a weakness, wherever the enemy lies to you, the Holy Spirit will come to you and be like, don't be insecure. Don't be nervous. I made you how I made you. And there's a version of you I'm going to make you into. So if you'll trust me, if you'll lean on me, I'll stand up every time you're accused and I'll say, objection, your honor. I'm coming to his defense. I know sometimes we talk about the Holy Spirit and you're like, ah, Jed, I don't know. Like, can we go back to talking about the word? I I can handle the word. 
Uh, let's talk about the Father. I can relate to the Father. Let's talk about Jesus. I can relate to Jesus. But it's like, Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, if you grew up Catholic, Spirit to Sancti. I don't know what to do with that. We don't know how to relate to spirits. Like, what does that even mean? And, and I know you're like me. When you do something that you don't really know how to do over a period of time, it makes you nervous, it makes you insecure, you feel uncomfortable, and you want to eventually quit. It's not just true when we talk about the Holy Spirit. It's true in all kinds of things. We don't like doing things we don't know how to do. It makes us nervous, makes us uncomfortable. doesn't matter if you're young. doesn't matter if you're old. I was thinking about this this week. I was in a flight. You know, I've flown all over the world, flown in all kinds of places, landed on all kinds of airstrips. But it just so happened that an older lady was sitting behind me, and it was her very first flight. And she was not okay. She was really nervous. She, every time something happened or there was a noise, she was asking if it's okay. I, I was thinking, well, I, I remember those days of flying when I was early and it made me scared. And, and I thought, well, probably it's easier once you've jumped out of a plane. It's like you ride up, you jump out. It's like anything else is gravy. So I, I've done that. So I don't, don't feel that nervous about it. But other people feel nervous. So it's that same way with the Holy Spirit. We don't know. It's kind of like, remember when you're teaching your kids how to swim? And when you're teaching your kids how to swim, they, they want the security and comfort of touching the bottom. So the first question they always ask is, how deep is it? And I would mess with my kids. They'd be like, Dad, can you swim in 10 feet of water? I was like, oh, yeah, I can swim in 10 feet. Like, Dad, they think it's harder to, be, to swim in deeper water. They don't get, I don't have any plans to touch the bottom, especially as you get older, water gets in your ears, whatever. So I'd be like, can you swim in 100 feet? Yeah, I can swim in 1,000 feet. Can you swim in infinity? I can swim in infinity plus one. And they'd be like, man, Dad, that's amazing. Because they want to be able to touch the bottom. They want that security. I think we're the same way. You start talking about the Holy Spirit. I don't have, I feel a little uncomfortable, Jed. I don't, is it going to be okay? What if it doesn't fit with my personality? This is outside of my, just be patient. God's going to help you. Because I guarantee you, it has more to do with where you live than you realize. Have you ever had this feeling? I don't know what to do. Have you ever thought to yourself, man, I have an important decision. I really would appreciate some wise counsel on this decision. There's no more wise counsel than the Holy Spirit. Have you ever said, I don't know how to talk to my spouse. It seems to be there's a wall there. No greater help in your relationship with your spouse than the Holy Spirit. Have you ever thought, I've got this challenging conflict at work. I don't know how to handle it. The Holy Spirit can be your help and your comfort and your guide in the workplace. Maybe you have a difficult situation with a child or an adult child. There's no greater helper than the Holy Spirit who's ready and willing and able to help each of us no matter where we're at. But you have to be willing to take a step. And the great news is Jesus is going to help us understand how we relate to the Holy Spirit. If you have your Bible, like I said, John 16. Now, we've been talking about reading the Bible, and we always do this, but I want to point out that I'm doing it this weekend. We always tell you what's happening in the story when we read the Bible passage to you. So this is John 16. John is writing. John is one of Jesus' closest disciples. The Gospel of John, most scholars believe, was the last book written. We tell you to start there because it's the most reflective. John, later in life, has the, the experience of looking at everything Jesus said and did and put it into context as he was reflecting later in life. And so he gives us insight and meaning and wisdom and kind of the why behind the what. And so here he is on the night Jesus, this is the night Jesus would have the Last Supper where he would be betrayed, where he would be arrested, where he would be thrown in a prison underneath the high priest's house. You're like, why was there a prison there? It's a great question. I wondered that while I was in the prison in Israel, but that's a different message. All of that's happening on the night, but if you look in the passage, 
You're like, Jesus got to tell them really important things because everything's about to change. Whatever he says to them on this night is so important. And he spends so much of that night talking to them about how the Holy Spirit was going to help them. Look here now, John chapter 16, starting in verse 12. Look what Jesus says. This is what he starts with. I love this. I've read this passage my whole life, didn't really see this until this week. He says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. You catch what's happening here? It's almost like Jesus' internal monologue is becoming external. And you're like, why is that significant? Well, I think it's significant for a couple reasons. I don't know if you're like this. I'm like this. If you want to catch me, if you want to really push me, if you want to motivate me, you got to challenge me. I like a coach that'll challenge you. And so Jesus, I relate to this. Maybe you do too. Jesus is like, I could tell you this, but you can't handle it. I would. You, you, I would give you this, but you can't handle it. So maybe someday later when you can handle it, if I was there that night, I'd be like, what's that thing he was going to tell us, but he didn't think we could handle? Go back to that thing. And you're like, why is that important? Well, I think the great thing about it is Jesus always has more for us through the, through the Holy Spirit. And I love this about him too. He's constantly thinking about what's next. And he's constantly trying to push us and challenge us. Maybe you never thought about this before, but I think it's true. If the Jesus that you're following never says anything to you that pushes you or makes you uncomfortable or makes you wonder, I don't know if I'm ready for that, maybe it's not Jesus that you're listening to. The Jesus I follow doesn't always comfort me. Oh, he comforts me. He assures me. He's with me. But he also challenges me. Look what he goes on to say. He says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he'll guide you into all the truth. I love that. He'll not speak on his own. He'll speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Sometimes we get nervous about what people say the Holy Spirit did or didn't say. I've been in environments where that's made me a little nervous, but if we trust Jesus and listen to him, if anybody tells you the Holy Spirit said something that doesn't line up with the words of Jesus, then it doesn't line up with Scripture. We can have full confidence that he's not going to do weird things for the sake of being weird. He's going to lead us. He may push us. He may challenge us. But he's always going to do it in, in, in consistency with both Jesus and the Father. I love this. He'll glorify me because it's from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. You may have never thought about this. You may not know what to do with the word like glorify. We don't use it a lot. This helped me a couple years ago when I heard this. The word glory is synonymous with the word. It literally means weight. So to give something glory is to give something weight, to give it prominence, to give it significance, to give it priority, to put it first place. What does the Holy Spirit do? He brings weight and prominence and, and significance and priority to the words of Jesus. And as you're going around in your day and you're hearing from all different voices, it's the Holy Spirit that goes, remember what Jesus said and put him first place. Remember in the 90s, those old bracelets? Those of you guys remember the WWJD bracelet? It's redundant. You don't need a bracelet. You got the Holy Ghost who will tell you, remember what Jesus said. Remember what he asked. He'll give prominence to it. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. If you got a WWJD, wear it. It's all good. Look what he goes on to say. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. I love that. He's a helper. He takes the words, he takes the heart, he takes the intent of Jesus and he illuminates it. He brings it. Many of you reading the Bible for the first time, you're like, why is it different? It's like Bill said in his video a couple weeks ago, the moment you say, Jesus, I'm here to obey, 
There's a lot of people who read the Bible for cerebral knowledge who don't touch the heart of God. But when you in your heart say, Jesus, I'm here to receive from you, the Holy Spirit illuminates the words and they jump off the page and become real to you and me. They're working together in the process to make the words of God real and applicable to you and I. You might be thinking, well, Jed, if that's true, what are you trying to say? There's so much here that we're trying to unpack. Well, I would say it this way, and hopefully Hazlitt, this is going to help you. Hopefully in McKinney, you'll get this. If I were to summarize what Jesus is saying, here's how I want us to think about it. It's, it's this. It's the Holy Spirit always has more for us. He always has a next step for you and I to take. We never graduate from this. It doesn't matter how long you've walked with him. He's always looking at your life and he's leading you and guiding you to the next place. When we talk about growth track, it's not just a program. It's one of the ways that the Holy Spirit meets you where you're at, where you're at and gives you simple little steps. I like to think about it this way. Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, gives us these little moments where he asks us to say yes. And it may seem simple, it may seem small, but those little yeses compound over time. And the more we say yes, the easier it becomes to say yes, the more momentum we have to say yes, and the more those little things add up over time. So when we come to moments where he asks us for a big yes, we're ready to say yes to him. This is how we grow in anything. Little and then big. Little and then big. And you're like, well, okay, Jed, that seems simple. If it's that simple, why isn't it more common? Well, there's one other factor I want to describe to you. And I was like, how do I make this real? My whole goal this weekend is to make it practical and real so you can think about it, talk about it in your small groups. And so I was like, well, how do I show them why this is so challenging? There's a lot of reasons why it's challenging. I think one of the most common ones, and hopefully you'll relate to this, is that there are so many other voices why is it hard for us to hear the Holy Spirit? Because it's not just his voice that surrounds us. He doesn't yell at us. He whispers. He speaks plainly. He invites us. He very rarely shouts or commands. And there are other voices that are louder and present themselves as urgent. And the Bible, I didn't make this up. The, the Bible gives us at least four different voices. And I want to show you how it works. Here are the other voices. You're like, are you saying you have voices in, in, in my head? I was like, yes, you have voices in your head, and so do I do. So do I. It, it's normal. It may not seem normal, but it's normal. We all got voices in there, so let me help you. Because sometimes the, the, the ability to hear them and, I, and, and differentiate comes with identifying them. First voice we all have in our heads is our flesh. You're like, what's that? Well, that's what the Bible calls our selfish nature. And your flesh is always going to work towards your comfort, your security, and what's in it for you. That voice, I think we can say if we look around us, that voice is alive and well. The second voice is the enemy. The enemy is, only has two moves, but they keep working. His two moves are to lie to you and to accuse you. And he does this both ways. Some of you, you tend to be more on the side of you feel bad about yourself, so he accuses and condemns you. Others of you, you know, maybe you have a little less self-awareness. You, you really like yourself. And so he, he lies to you to puff you up. And you're better than everyone else. And if everyone listened to you, the world would be a better place. And so he fills you with pride. Both of those are, are lies that he's trying to isolate you and separate you. Because if he can separate you, he can get you away from God's best for you. 
The third voice that comes is the voice of the world, which is always going to criticize the things of God, and it's going to fill you with unbelief. Don't try it. It's not going to work. It's a negative voice. And the final voice is our circumstances. And our circumstances will always say, well, I would do that. I would listen to that, but this isn't the right time. This is really an exception. This is really not a normal season of my life. And you're like, okay, Jed, you're saying there's these voices. Can you make it a little bit more clear? So I thought I'd just give you two simple things that I know the Holy Spirit's going to say to you this week. He'd probably say it to you later today. Here's the first one. When the Holy Spirit comes to you, he's going to say, come read your Bible. I know that's not mind-blowing. We've been talking about that. He's going to say to you, hey, come read your Bible. Come spend time with me. And, and when that happens, here's what your flesh is going to say. Your flesh is going to say, you should probably go read your Bible. Right now, you're tired, and you deserve a break. Bible reading's good, but we'll just do it later. That's what your flesh is going to say. The enemy is going to say, well, you blew it this week. You're not worthy to spend time with God. Maybe try better luck next week if you can be perfect Maybe you can spend some time with God. Now, maybe many of us, we think that's the message of Jesus. Let me just be clear. The message of Jesus is not, if you're really good and you do a bunch of spiritual stuff, God will receive you in your kingdom. The Bible says when we're at our lowest, when we're aliens, when we're hostile, when we're enemies of God, when we did nothing to deserve being loved, Jesus loved us and didn't just love us a little bit. He loved us so much that he put his money where his mouth was and he went to a cross and died to give you and I the opportunity. He lived the perfect life we couldn't. He died the death we deserved in our place to offer us a relationship with God. And so when the enemy comes to you and says, you're not worthy, don't just say, well, you're right, I'm not worthy, and so I won't read my Bible. Say, you're right, I'm not worthy, but Jesus loves me anyway, so there's nothing I'd rather do than be with God. The world will say the Bible was written by men. It's flawed. You can't trust it. What about this passage? I've heard so many times, the Bible's filled with contradictions. I'm like, okay, show me one. Well, well I heard somewhere in Google or Wikipedia, never, never mind. It's amazing how that thought gets lodged in our head. And it's like, okay, it's, it's a lie. It's not true. Here's the last one. Your circumstances will tell you, you know, it's busy. Wait till things calm down a little bit. You'll have more time down the road to read the Bible. That's why we tell you, have a specific place as a reminder. Oh, that's my spot where I go spend time with God, and it keeps it fresh in your mind. Here's another one. You're like, well, okay, Jed, is it just about reading the Bible? What about if the Holy Spirit says this? Pray with your spouse. A lot of us, we feel confident in different things, but again, back, especially this is difficult for guys. We don't like doing stuff where we don't feel comfortable. Some guys, you've heard Pastor Jeff say this. They're real comfortable closing a business deal, but ask them to pray with their spouse. They get nervous. And so here's what happens. The voices start saying this. The enemy will say, you know, it's been a long day. This will take way too much. Or your flesh will say, it's been a long day. This will take too much emotional energy. The enemy will say, well, they hurt your feelings today. They don't deserve prayer. The world will say, if you pray, it won't change anything. And then your circumstances will say, you're, you're not ready. There will be a better time later. And we could put this into anything the Holy Spirit would say to you. Those voices are going to rise up and try to keep you from saying yes. But you'd be amazed how those little yeses may not seem like much in a moment, but over time they begin to compound and they change not just you, but your life and your relationships and, and, and everything that God has for you. And I don't say this to you as, as, as a pastor. I say this to you as a fellow follower of Christ. 
The same voices come for me. A couple weeks ago when we were doing, getting ready to go on the small group journey, I was like, well, I'm busy. I got a lot of responsibilities. I could easily justify why I wouldn't do it. But my son, who's 13, said, Dad, would you come lead a small group with me? And in that moment, the Holy Spirit said, this is a yes. This is a yes moment. So, so you see me on Tuesday nights with my 13-year-old guys. We're reading the Bible. We're praying together. We're going through the, the journey of hearing God. I'm trusting God, and he is. He's speaking to them, but he's also speaking to me. Not because I'm a pastor or because I helped write the guide, but because I'm a follower of Jesus who says yes when the Holy Spirit asks me to follow him. And the same will work in your life. So before I pray for you, I want to make this as practical as I can. How does the Holy Spirit help us hear God? Well, the first way he does it, I only have two points. The first way he does it is he guides us into all truth. And the key word here is guide. It's not easy to follow a guide. Maybe it is for some of you. I struggle sometimes because a guide doesn't tell you everything. You have to trust a guide. Guides don't force you. They don't drag you. Guides aren't kidnappers. They're trying to help you, and they're asking for your cooperation. And sometimes, many times, it looks like the guide doesn't know where they're going. You're like, why are we going this way? And you're second-guessing, and, and they don't show you the whole plan. I, I don't know if you're good with directions. My wife or friends have often accused me, probably rightly so, of being directionally challenged. You ever have friends who give you directions, and they just give you like, like you're a compass? They'd be like, you want to go over here, and then you go north, and then you go over here, and you go east. I was like, can I get a left or a right in there? <laughs> Maybe you could give me a landmark, right? Like, do you know where this is? Yeah, I know where that is. Go there, turn right. Gotcha. That I can do, right? And so then we try to supplement with GPS. You ever use the GPS? And like, the GPS sometimes will lie to you, especially if you're out in the country, a couple weeks ago, I was going to this big birthday event. It was a surprise. It was this whole thing. I was trying to be there on time. But GPS sent me in the totally wrong direction. I mean, like, really, really wrong. And then we start to lose signal. And what happened was I went 20 miles in the wrong direction. And the GPS goes, hey, turn down this road. I was like, this road? It's like, yeah. I was like, that's a barbed wire fence, and those are rocks. And I'm driving a Mini Cooper, and it's dark. So I'm driving down this thing, and this guy comes up in a gator, He's driving a gator, and I'm like, uh, I think I'm lost. So I try to be real nice, put a smile on my face, roll down my window. He goes, son, you're lost. <laughs> I was like, don't shoot. He's like, it's okay. You're not the only one. GPS is all jacked up. What you want to do is go over to the Wilson place and then hang a ride at the White Ranch. I was like, I don't know what any of those things are. <laughs> you ever try to follow someone who's not good? They're like, oh, just follow me. And then they're like speeding off, switching lanes. They go through the yellow, so you got to go through the orange. And all of a sudden, you're like, well, I guess I'm in the Italian job now, and you're flying around. You're like, Jed, you have an active imagination. That's what all my elementary school teachers said. I don't know. But you're trying to follow. And you're like, Jed, what, why are you telling us? Sometimes following the Holy Spirit feels like that. And we think, oh, the Holy Spirit, that's for church stuff or spiritual things. No. Jesus said he guides us into all truth. There's no area in your life where the Holy Spirit lacks experience or is unwilling to speak to you. 
He'll guide you through your frustrations, your anxieties, and emotions. He'll guide you through talking with your spouse. He'll guide you through your health crisis. He'll guide you through the challenge at work. He'll guide you through the conversation with your teenager you don't know how to have. He knows, and he's ready and willing and able to guide you if you would simply say yes. Let's be a people who says yes to the Holy Spirit. The second way he guides us and speaks to us is he reminds us of everything Jesus says. See, we need cues and prompts. It's what Atomic Habits teaches us, all this habit formation. You know, your memory is a fascinating thing. I have a really good memory, but it's a little spotty. We, we don't totally understand in science how memory works. I read this week that you, you know, most people can hold five to seven things in their short-term memory, but that short-term memory can lose it in less than 60 seconds. We, we know that memory is spatially located. We know that the strongest sense of memory is smell, which is kind of weird. So you smell something, and all of a sudden it brings you back to where the first place or strong moments in your life. I don't get all that. My wife looks at me, and she's like, what's wrong with you? I was like, which thing? And, and she said... You know how, like, you can remember, you have, like, this photographic memory. Like, you watch stuff, and, like, you remember sports statistics from the 80s. You remember song lyrics and movie quotes, and, and you'll, you don't even have to use IMDb. You'll look up, and you'll be like, I know where I saw that actor from. But when I ask you to do something simple, you forget. I was like, it's a mystery. That's how God made me. Maybe you can relate to that. So we need cues, we need prompts, and I'm so grateful for a Holy Spirit that cuts through everything that's going in my mind and goes, Jed, remember what Jesus said. Now here's the key. I want you to catch this. Why do we spend two weeks on the Word? Because we're giving the Holy Spirit something to work with. You can't remind someone of something they've never heard. See, you have to put the Word in. And I wish I could tell you that every time you go to meet with Jesus in his word, it's going to be this incredible moment. And every time you read, he gives you exactly what you need, that daily bread. He gives you the answer to the thing that you're looking for. Many times, over 45 years of reading the Bible on a regular basis, you read something, you're like, I'm not totally sure it's powerful. I don't know when I'm going to use it. And it could be a week, it could be a month, it could be a year, it could be five years later. But when it's time, the Holy Spirit brings that to your mind. So don't give up and don't despise those days where you're like, I think something happened, but I'm not totally sure because you're building a treasury, a deposit. That word is going in and it never will return void. And you don't know the day when the Holy Spirit will bring it back to your memory. And it's not because my memory is good. It's because the Holy Spirit is good. I can't tell you how many times I've prayed for someone or I've started to talk to someone, and the Holy Spirit says, tell them this verse. And I hadn't thought about that verse for weeks or months, but because it was in there, he illuminated it. If you'll just spend the time, it doesn't matter. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a leader. You just got to be someone who's like, Jesus, will you speak to me through your word, and he'll put it in you. There are things in your heart that God's spoken to you that you haven't thought about we, we, we all get inspired when we think about these young men and women going and getting away with God and what he can do in one weekend. But many of you have had weekends and you've forgotten what God spoke to you and the Holy Spirit wants to bring those things to mind. I was thinking about that this week. I was in a leadership training environment and they had this exercise they wanted us to do. 
And actually, I can remember doing this exercise when I was in my 20s, and it's amazing how now at 50, this is a, a little bit of a picture of, of, of what the exercise entailed. It was like, divide your life into four phases, and then in those four phases, take eight or 12 key moments where God did something. So, so it's a lot of work, and you start digging through, but, but, but I'll tell you this. After you got through the fact of this is a lot of work, here's what began to happen. I began to think about, over the course of my life, all the little yeses. That in the moment, I didn't understand the significance of what saying yes would do. The moment that as a young child in, in my room by myself, sensing God come in the room and saying, will you give your life to me? And I, I didn't understand everything, but I just said yes. That simple yes changed the trajectory of my life. I can remember praying and thinking about where, where should I go to college and I was anxious and I was nervous and the best I could do is, well, I love sports and I love to write so I'll go to this school and that yes changed my life. Then I got to that school and at that school they said, man, you're really gifted at this and, and would, you, would you want to work this job in the NFL on Fox? And, and, I, and my first thought was like, yes, of course. And the Holy Spirit said, I have something different for you. And the small yeses allowed me to say, Yes to the big yes, when he said, it's going to cost you a lot. It's going to turn, you're going to turn down something that you would have dreamed of, but will you trust me? And the little yeses allowed the big yes to make sense. Around that same time, I was in a situation, and I heard God say, this is good. You're going to be your wife. And I was freaked out. I was like, well, what if she doesn't say yes? And she lives in a different place, and I live over here. And in that moment, that's one of those yeses where you don't just rely on yourself. Uh, guys, don't go with this one. God told me you're going to be my wife, so be blessed. You know, that's, that's not a... Get some coaching, right? Like, actually, next week, Pastor Jeff will be back next week, and he'll talk about how the Holy Spirit or God speaks through trusted voices. And that's an area where you need trusted voices. But, but he did say yes, and so... He said yes, and she said yes. And this week when we were celebrating Valentine's Day, we were thinking about this is 30 Valentine's Day. Our life, our future, our family changed because in a moment we didn't understand it, but we were willing to say yes. And I could bring you to moment after moment. I'll never forget a simple yes of my pastor said, hey, would you like to meet this young couple? And Sarah and I said, sure, yes. It was the summer of 1998. Neither of us had kids. And we met this couple and there was a guy and he had a big bullet and a thick Texas accent, so thick he needed an interpreter. And he's like, I want you to meet Jeff and Brandy Little. And they were immediately great friends, but we never knew it would be anything more than that. But that little yes came to a big yes when God reconvened our life and transitioned us. And he said, I, want, I, I heard his voice so clearly say, I never ever thought I would hear this. Jed, I want you to move to Texas. Why could I hear that big yes? Because of all the little yeses. My life, my family, other lives have been changed. All I said to the Holy Spirit was yes. This isn't about me. All I'm trying to do is to show you where is that place where the Holy Spirit is asking for a little yes. Will you meet with him in the word? Will you step out? 
Will you go to the growth track? Will you lead a small group? Will you pray with your spouse? Because you don't know the impact of how all those little yeses will lead to a big yes that could change everything, not just for you, but for your whole family. When a group of people come together and they say, God, we want to hear your voice. And when you speak to us, even when we're afraid, even when we don't understand, we'll say yes. God can do above and beyond all that we would ever ask or imagine. Let's pray together. Jesus, we're here as your people. We sense your presence. God, help us to be a people who prioritize your voice above the other voices. Lord, we want to hear you more than we want to hear our flesh or the enemy or our circumstances or the world. Lord, even when we're uncertain and we're, we're, we're afraid, maybe you're here right now and your yes is a big yes. It's will you give your life to me? Will you go beyond religion and try to do spiritual stuff to surrendering your life in a relationship? That's a big yes, but I promise you nothing will ever be the same. And the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you through the process. And you know, just make it your own words. Just say, Jesus, I want to know you. I receive you into my life. Will you forgive me of my sin and make me right with God? And right there in your own words, he'll do it. Maybe you've said that yes, but he has another yes for you. Lord, help us be a people who, when you speak, we say yes. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.